Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Friday, December 21st. I'm Sophie Casas. In honor of the holidays, today we're talking about the effects of online shopping in late-stage capitalism. Purchasing online is supposed to make us feel as if we're liberated from the constraints of the 24-hour day. But the truth is, we're as tethered as we've ever been. And the trickiest part about it is that this is at least in part because we think we're free. As with most things, it would be great to find some kind of happy medium. But to do so, it's helpful to understand our relationship to time, leisure, and busyness as it's developed alongside our technology. So to learn more, I sat down with Vice Features editor Kate Dries. You wrote an article about online shopping and kind of what we stand to gain and lose from the trend of making our purchases as easy as possible. And I wanted to talk about this piece now because it's holiday season. People are like buying everything and anything online, in stores, everywhere. So tell me, how did you decide to write this piece? What interested you about the topic? I have been thinking about this for a long time. I mean, I think as I say in the piece, the like very minute anecdote <laughs> that I use is uh, I was trying to find a suede brush, which is a brush you use to clean suede material, shoes, coats, whatever. And it was weirdly hard to track down in stores and it was kind of driving me crazy. I really wanted to be able to go physically to a store in New York City, which is apparently the city that has everything, and buy this thing and I couldn't do it. And it ended up being that I just had to buy it on Amazon and, you know, two days later it was there at my house or my office. I think that moment sort of pinprinted something that I had been thinking about for a while, which is I'm actually like not someone that buys a lot online compared, I think, probably to other people. I, You know, I know people who exclusively only buy things online. I tend to be, can I get this in a store somewhere? And if not, because it's exorbitantly more expensive or um, physically really challenging or um, I just literally don't have time with the timeline I have going on. I, I would say like Halloween costumes is, is a is a good reason mm -hmm, for that. Mm -hmm. um, I will buy things online. But I just kind of started to think about a lot of the discourse around shopping online is about time saved. And a lot of it is also about, you know, there's some been some very thoughtful conversation around people who, you know, physically literally can't get to a store and that's something I, I don't really talk about in the piece, but I think is like an extremely compelling reason for why online shopping is in a lot of ways like really altered the lives of some people for, for the better. But being as I'm not one of those people, I just kind of really started to think about, you know, what was I doing with my time? I think we have this idea that 
we're always trying to get more of it, right? If we have more time, we'll have more time to have fun. I have found the moments that I have been probably the most down or depressed is when my life has not had the structure that buying things, which is essentially like running errands, has provided for it. So that's a little bit of of the very convoluted way that my brain has been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, I mean, going grocery shopping, buying gifts for people, buying just like the necessities you need, toilet paper, paper towels, like these little errands, they take up a lot of our time and we plan for them. And in your article, you talk a lot about the rhetoric around online shopping being about saving time, but then you kind of pose the question, like, are we really using our time better now if we can online shop and save that time or are we just spending it differently? And one thing that I found interesting about this article is I feel like the biggest time waster in my life and I think in a lot of young people's lives today is the internet. It's like these, you know, endless scrolls on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but it's also online shopping can be its own kind of dark hole that you get sucked into or even like you know that feeling of instead of going out to see a movie you stay in and spend your whole night scrolling through Netflix to find the movie that's a little bit different than what you're talking about. No I mean I I think that the choice paralysis thing is extremely relevant. Yeah totally so I'm curious like how you were thinking about that dynamic when writing this piece. Yeah. I think part of the reason this idea came to me was I realized that some of the most satisfying days I have are days when I'm, you know, like it's a Saturday and I wake up and yeah, I like lie around and watch TV, but then I go to the gym and I go grocery shopping and I, you know, have to pick this thing up and I I kind of structure my day. And maybe some of this just says more about like me being obsessive, which is very possible. Like a lot of this is clearly very personality based. But, um, you know, when I have felt as if I've done a bunch in a day, when I have accomplished something, and I think we don't tend to take into consideration how much accomplishment can be very low grade accomplishment. And some of what I talk about in the piece is there have been like a lot of research and psychological studies into how we derive happiness And I talk specifically in the piece about a couple studies have been done around feeling satisfaction from being busy. And it's it's a very interesting tension to me because I think we perceive happiness to come from having kind of endless free time. But I have often found that when I've had too much free time and not enough to fill it, um, I've been like lethargic and down because I think you do. It's this weird tension, right? Like you need enough stuff to keep you busy, but not too much to make you miserable. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I completely agree. I When I have too much time on my hands or no structure in my day, it's like very overwhelming. It's like the most stressed that I can feel. Usually yeah. I, I much prefer to be too busy than not busy enough. But, you know, the grass is always greener, kind of. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, will you talk more about what you learned about our relationship? to busyness and you kind of made this distinction between leisure time and idle time and Mm -hmm. how we like really fear idle time but yet we aren't willing to make ourselves busy unless that busyness seems to have a purpose yeah how like what what are the purposes that we are okay with yeah I think from what I've learned from just doing like a little research for this piece is that Really, like, we will take any little thing to be a purpose in our life. 
I think that's particularly interesting because I think so much of the narrative around time right now is striving for leisure. But like, what does that really mean for us? Right. Not to get like too existential, but is leisure spent lying on a beach somewhere? Is leisure spent, you know, going on vacation, but it's like a two week backpacking trip where you're like exhausted all the time? Uh, Is leisure just like having a staycation and lying on your couch, you know, for a couple days? These distinctions are often lumped together. And I actually think they do very different things in our brain and like serve different purposes in our brain as well. We lose a lot with online shopping and there are some kind of obvious ones like, you know, we lose human interaction and that kind of thing. But you argue in your piece that possibly the most important thing or like a very significant thing that we lose is this planning or like the yeah. the kind of active consuming that we do. How are we going to get to the store? We're going to shop around and, you know, look at our different options. All of these little things that go into buying something in person versus like the passivity of online shopping. I think that's an interesting point. So just to throw that back at you, is one of your main ideas here that kind of all the legwork that goes into shopping in person and all that kind of planning, what actually makes it satisfying more than the actual product we're buying? Yeah, I mean, the psychology of shopping is kind of a, I kind of touch on in the piece, it's a really, really big field of research that a lot of work has been done about. But it is interesting, you know, I cite a couple, um, the Pew Research Center has done like a lot of research into shopping. And they found that like, even now, people still prefer to shop in person. Obviously, those numbers change depending on what age group you're talking to. So um, younger people like to shop online more than older people, which makes natural sense. Like we kind of do what we have been socialized to feel comfortable with. But I kind of theorize that if you if it's easier for you to engage in a, in the capitalist system, I I believe that it's probably easier for you to not really think about what that means. You know, when something is easier, it requires less brain power, it requires less thoughtfulness. I always think about like when you start a new job and you don't know where the bathroom is and you don't know where the kitchen is and you don't know where anything is. I find that the first few weeks of starting something new are really exhausting because you're just tired because your brain has to do all this work to think about stuff that is normally it's just an autopilot thing. And so that's something I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit is, you know, what happens when these decisions that do bring up like big things we need to think about in our society Where are we buying something from? Why? How are the people that are making that treated? How is that getting to us? Are those people being treated well? What kind of impact is it putting on our earth? You know, the reason that it is, I think, taken so long for people to have really become up in arms about a company like Amazon is because they made it so easy to not care about it. And it's not like the information wasn't out there. It's been out there for a long time. But when you don't want to have to think about it, why would you? I mean, the information has been out there, but also the feeling like people understand that they're undermining small businesses, for example, when they're buying on Amazon instead. Like we all know that we feel that when we purchase on Amazon, but they make it so easy that that it becomes almost a justification. It's like, well, it's just so much easier. Yeah. And yeah, I think that you make a good point. Like when you have to shop in person, some of 
the questions that kind of late stage capitalism brings up for us <laughs> are like more in our face, not yeah. necessarily enough in our face, but still more in our face. You also bring up this idea that even though online shopping kind of purports to save us time, it can kind of go too far where we're thinking so much about how to save our time yeah. that that's how we're spending our time. We're like thinking about how to save it. What does your article say about that? I think like meal kits are a great example of this where, you know, they're basically saying to you, like, you don't have to go grocery shopping. You don't even have to prep your food. We will bring it all to you and you can put it together. I really love cooking, so I'm obviously like extremely biased here. But I think that's really interesting because, again, it's taking choice and time out of your life. But you still, you know, it's not as if that time isn't being spent on picking the meal kit company, deciding every week if you like it enough to keep doing it, you know, having those conversations with yourself or with whoever you're eating with. I don't think those things are bad. It's just like how much time you save is maybe debatable. Again, like this is also very easy for me to say I am an individual without a family who lives in a city. So I am the person for whom getting things is the easiest. I'm able bodied. I'm healthy. So it would be idiotic to argue that it's bad because it's not. It's just like it doesn't matter. It's not going anywhere. But I am sort of fascinated with the marketing around these companies, which is like fast, easy, sort of the same thing with fast food when it sort of hit. Um, but that inherent debate that I think some people are not quite aware of the levels that exist within it is just kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. And it reminds me that just yesterday I went way out of my way <laughs> to go to a store in person for something that I had identified online. I like went yeah. online, spent a lot of time online perusing, found this thing I wanted and I could have bought it online. Like it's this is actually crazy now that I'm saying it out loud. It's like it would have gotten to me on time before the holidays. Yeah. I made sure of that. But I was like, you know, just in case like it doesn't make it on time or like just in case I don't like it. I'm going to go on the train 35 minutes to a store and buy it just because. And now after this conversation, I think what that says is just that I'm old. <laughs> I think it's just like, oh, like you're part of the generation that does that. And yeah. young people don't do that. I guess I'm no longer a young person. I mean, maybe or it's also just like we make these minute choices all the time without really realizing what we're doing or why. I mean, I have obviously been having this this week as well because I'm trying to figure out, OK, like, where am I going to get what gifts? And right now I'm having this debate about like, so I have this gift card to this one store that I want to buy a present for someone from, but you can only use it in person. So I can't place a hold on it. It's like I'm spent yesterday like having this conversation with myself. And some might argue like, oh, if you just bought it online, you wouldn't have wasted that time thinking about it. And I'm kind of like what else would you be thinking about? <laughs> like, really, like, there's only so much time you can think about interesting things in the day. I think some of our brains need to be filled with that minutia and, like, boring stuff of daily life to feel satisfied. This story appears in Vice Magazine's Burnout and Escapism issue. So make sure to grab a hard copy, or you can read the full article at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again after the holidays for more Vice Guide to right now. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.